Good morning, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you may be doing. We wish to welcome you to this episode of Just Another Conspiracy Show with your host, Jeff Williams. Now here in the GTA, as a matter of fact, in most places in the Northern Hemisphere, it's been rather hot. Pretty hot. You may have noticed in your daily journeys that people are a little bit more short-tempered. They're a little bit more how will I say, impatient with one another. And the fact is, the very, the very northern hemisphere comprises almost three quarters of the world's land surface. The southern hemisphere takes up much less land. You've got part of South America, part of South Africa, and part of Australia, and Antarctica, of course. The rest of the continents are primarily north of the equator and are thus called the Northern Hemisphere. But part of hemisphere is the word sphere, because the whole Earth is envisioned to be a sphere. And as the northern part of this sphere heats up, we can see on social media and in small circles, there's been a strange movement that has been picking up momentum. It was once thought to be the preserve of crackpox and lunatics, but more and more it is getting bigger. And that is the flat earth movement. The idea that instead of a sphere, the earth is in fact a flat surface. Relatively flat, of course. Nobody out there is denying that there are mountains or valleys or depressions. But rather that the earth consists of a singular plane stretched on, bordered by ice sheets, which are called Antarctica in their, in their view. But... The Earth itself is flat. There's no circular momentum. There's no nothing. Now, let me state the official position of just another conspiracy show is not to support nor condone anyone who believes in a flat Earth, nor, in fact, anyone who believes in a hollow Earth, because it is one of our most sacred tenets that you should be free to believe whatever you might believe, provided you are not harming anybody else with your beliefs. We do, however, choose to examine beliefs and what gives rise to them. Thus, the idea of a flat earth or a hollow earth will be the topics for this episode. Now, if you're not a believer in a flat earth or a, or, sorry, a hollow earth, please don't tune out right away. You're going to find this is going to be a refreshingly neutral perspective and might even offer some insights for you to ponder in your relationship with flat earth believers. And if you are a believer in the flat earth, then I hope you will listen and feel free to discuss your insights either on Facebook or through our email, which will be available in the description. The fact is, the idea that the earth is flat or round is not a new debate. In fact, it's been raging for millennia. We were all taught in school that Christopher Columbus was the one who discovered the earth was round. It's one of the many myths that are beaten into our heads, and in fact, it is a gross exaggeration. Christopher Columbus gets a lot of credit for things he only managed to copy. 
the Vikings and the Chinese both made it to the New World well before Columbus was even born. But it's beaten into our heads constantly that Columbus was the first that proved that the Earth was round, the first to find the New World, and all these other accomplishments. And for anyone who's actually looked into his life, he was a very dastardly individual. The very least we can say is he was removed from his position as governor in the New World because of his corrupt and exploitive business practices. Think about that. In Spain, just after the Reconquista, they thought Christopher Columbus was too corrupt to run a colony. So that's the nature of the person that people keep trying to give credit to discovering that the world was round. So we can see that Mr. Christopher Columbus just had very good press. He had the name, the recognition, and the glory of being coming along at just the right time to take advantage of the discovery. But during his lifetime, a great many people did not believe the Earth was flat. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, well before Christopher Columbus, a man named Aristophanes managed to calculate the circumference of the Earth. And he managed to do this without ever leaving Egypt. He did this basically by measuring the summer solstice, by which point in Egypt the sun is directly overhead. So by calculating that and using a lot of complicated math, which I will not even attempt to explain to you guys, but he was able to figure out not only the circumference of the Earth, but the fact that the Earth was tilted. <clears throat> he also managed to invent the leap day, which goes on to a leap year to help recalibrate our calendar. And he was born in 276 B.C., way before 1492, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. As a matter of fact, over a thousand years before, pretty much 1,500 years before. Now, Aristophanes would be fair to say it seems extremely unlikely for anyone to have done his work at all. If you look at the era of 279 BCE, the Roman Empire is still an idea. The Greeks are still mostly dominant through the Hellenic Empire, and quite frankly, if the pyramids had not already been built, it might very successfully be argued that mankind of his era was incapable of calculating anything about the whole earth at all. I mean, realistically, if I gave you your local city, your local town, wherever it is you might be listening from, could you realistically make that same deduction? Now, Pythagoras, dating back even further to the 5th century BC, claimed that the Earth was spherical. Now, he came to this through his powers of observation. This is one thing that you can go out on any lunar eclipse and take part in. Because when the Earth occults the moon, occult simply meaning hidden, or to hide, because that's all the word occult means. It doesn't mean witches and warlocks and magic. It just simply means hidden. So occult wisdom means hidden wisdom. But when the earth occults the moon, it hides the moon from the sun. And the shadow that it casts across the moon is circular. Now, some would argue that, sorry, some would argue that this shows that the earth is coming between the sun and the moon. 
while others would say it's a natural phenomenon because of the position of everything. The sun goes around the bottom part of the earth, so naturally you would wind up with some, some sort of shadow across the moon. And even others would try to make the point that since Pythagoras existed well before the modern age, his knowledge came at the hands of demonic influences. Because he was a scholar, but not a man of God, because he was born in a time when the blessings of the church had not yet been bestowed upon humanity. It was indeed the church that was responsible for suppressing a lot of his teachings. They are the ones who did not want a spherical earth. After all, the earth was the marvel of God's creation, and the rest of the universe was there to circle it, to reinforce his glory. Now, of course, there are those within the church with the heretical idea that the earth was not flat, but to express those ideas would go against the order of God, and those people would likely be persecuted by the Pope, and in later times the Jesuits, and indeed the Inquisition, which existed not only in Spain, but was quite the institution throughout Europe until almost the 20th century, the dawn of the 20th century. The church, of course itself was an evolution of the Babylonian traditions. Hence why the pontiff wears such an elaborate outfit, the rituals are so set and the hierarchy is so strict. It has been around for thousands of years, not just the 2,000 years since the birth of Jesus Christ, but the institution itself dates well back to 2,000 years before Jesus, before the man they claimed to worship was even born. The church has this wonderful habit for adopting pagan myths and disguising them as the mythos of their own creed. They've done this with various legends throughout the world. Um, St. Patrick driving away the snakes probably is an original myth, but it has been manipulated over the years. King Arthur, for example, was originally a pagan king that drove away the Saxons, but in time he became Christianized, even though he kept Merlin, his half-demon advisor. But this is all just examples of what the church has done over the years. Coming back to the idea of a flat earth, the, the church itself was always quick to point to the Bible to support themselves. The church could easily say, see how many times the Bible where it refers to the four corners of the earth. That is proof, if you have corners, that it must be a flat surface. Four corners, not 16 corners like would be a, like would be a cube, but four corners, a flat surface. By using those quotes, the church was easily able to subvert not only the flat earth myth, but other myths to their, suit their own purpose. Now, the church always wants to assure its whole flock is that it thinks everything in the world is under their domain. So, by setting limits on the earth, they could assure the faithful that they were, in fact, the representatives of the one true God who watched over the four corners of the earth. Methodius, who was a philosopher in 290 AD, said, Let us first lay bare the theory of the Chaldeans, and the Egyptians. They say that the circumference of the universe is likened to the turnings of a well-rounded globe, the earth being the central point. They say that since its outline is spherical, the earth should be the center of the universe around which the heaven is whirling. Basically what this means is that the church, 
uh, adopt, sorry, accepted spherical earth, and they were adamant that it was still the center of God's creation, and that humanity itself stood as the very apex of God's design. Now, St. Augustine, who is perhaps a more influential politician and philosopher, reiterated this by objecting that the earth was at the bottom of the universe, since it was more useful for scriptural doctrine than a global universe. What that means is a flat earth makes makes it easier to explain several key passages in the Bible, for by picturing it as a flat earth, you can much more easily lay out the topography of the land. And since most most civilizations had maps of some descriptions which were showing the earth on a flat surface, it only seems logical they would be inclined to present the same flat surface for everything that they would want to perceive, including the world around them. And after them, throughout the Middle Ages, there was little desire to challenge Pliny, Augustine, Methodius, and in fact, orthodoxy was considered to be in harmony with the Word of God as expressed in the Bible. This is pretty much the state things went until, again, Christopher Columbus came around, because even though the Vikings were freely exploring the New World, and had been fully Christianized at the time, their ideas of discovering the North America were considered legend by the time it came to pass into modern hands, and indeed were lost until the 20th century itself. The Chinese, of course, were exploring far beyond their borders, but the church had no intention of anybody becoming involved with the Chinese. After all, the Chinese had their own religious system, their own rulers, and their own section of the Illuminati that the church was not part of. Rome was still the center of the universe, they would assure everybody, and the church were Rome's masters. However, both sides of this theory, both the flat earth side and the spherical earth side, remained true to their guns. There were various debates back and forth after even Magellan had circumnavigated the globe, but the most important thing were people kept devising experiments to find out who was right, because Keep in mind, most of this taking place before any sort of powered flight was possible. There were a few balloons toward the end of the 1700s, but it remained until 1838 for Samuel Birdley Robotham to perform the infamous Bedford Level Experiment. Now, this man took it upon himself to wade into the stream itself and held a telescope eight inches above the water just to watch a boat row slowly away from him. The theory being, the Bedford Level, the Bedford Canal, was over six miles long and perfectly straight. So if the world was spherical, he should be able, by using that telescope, to see the rowboat disappear and go completely out of sight. Now, he reported that the vessel remained consistently in his view for the full six miles all the way to Wellesley Bridge, the next bridge, and if the earth was in fact round, he should have seen it disappear over the horizon. This was an experiment that was repeatable, and he did it scientifically, and he managed to do it in many different ways, challenging other people to prove him wrong. Now, Robotham himself is another very interesting person. 
He started off in the Owenite Commune, which is a utopian socialist philosophy that organized collectives in an attempt to bring a moral economy and fight against the draconian capitalism of their times. Basically, the man was a revolutionary before he even stepped into the flat earth debate. And this is exactly what happened. You see, Robotham lived a very curious life. He married the 16-year-old daughter of his laundress, had 14 children, lived in a 12-roomed house, and he went by the name of Dr. Samuel Birdley, selling secrets for prolonging human life and curing every disease manageable. So, you can see he was a very passionate man, in touch with his claims, and always ready to back up whatever he said in the court of public opinion. Robotham might be seen to be the first to change flat earth from the conservative, conventional view to a revolutionary view. Now, his experiments weren't the only ones being done. While his experiments went from 1838 to about the 1870s, when they still resulted in differing views, curved earth people seeing the boat disappear, flat earth people seeing it stay where it was. The Earth itself has proved surprisingly malleable to people who want to measure it. There's a very interesting commune called the Koreshian uh, Geodetic Staff. And the Koreshians, unlike the modern Koreshians, were, were formed about the turn of the 1900s. And they believed that the Earth was in fact hollow, and we lived inside of it. They, however, were not determined to sit back and pontificate on it. Just like Robotham, they tried an experiment called the rectilinear experiment, by which they erected pylons, big pylons made out of steel and wood and everything, about four miles apart, leveled them perfectly, and waited to see whether they would be able to see whether the, cur the earth curved, went straight, or went up. Now, the Koreshians found that the, through their rectilinear experiments, these very carefully leveled, like four-mile-apart pylons, for lack of better, they eventually started sagging downward by eight inches at first and 30 inches further down, which they considered vindication of their belief that the Earth was curving upward. While we might be able to say that in the 1900s, the technology was not quite as good as it is now, Leveling plumb rules and the other techniques have been that, that, that construction people use to level and make things right have been known for millennia. The pyramids couldn't have been built if everything wasn't level and straight and true. So even allowing for some small inaccuracies over time, the, the fact is that those rectilineers would have been very, very level. And ultimately, as I said... The, when Robotham did, brought his challengers on board, everybody kind of saw what they wanted to see. The Koreshians saw what they wanted to see. The Earth lets you see what it wants you to, or sorry, what you want to see in the Earth. So it does seem that the Illuminati are perfectly happy to push whatever agenda they want, depending on the time. If they can convince people of a flat Earth, they can keep more people under control. 
If they can convince people of a global Earth, then they can pour money into programs designed to exploit that very possibility, be it the space race or just simply having people disappear for some time and then bring them back, say that they went to the moon. Now, as we know, the United Nations is the center of globalist thought. And since the Robotham was an advocate of worldwide socialism, there are obvious pressures put on by the powers that be to establish an underground society challenging orthodox scientific dogma. In fact, since 2017, just one year ago as of this recording, there's been a concentrated push by flat earth theorists, showing that there are numerous proofs, usually by using other people's videos, that the earth is indeed flat. And you have to ask yourself, even though the internet is spreading this idea, what is the motive behind people wanting to hold on to the flat earth ideal or the hollow earth ideal? Well, the people always have reasons for what they do. Doubtless a few of the people promoting the theory are only doing it to stir up controversy and maybe to make a little cash. As noted, but Mr. Robotham was very good at marketing his cures and had the ear of a number of very influential politicians and philosophers of his day. The Koreshians had enough to establish their own community in Florida, which at the time were swamps, where they con constructed their own little paradise. Each group of people had their own reasons. So in the modern age, the flat earth theories are the new vanguard. They're a very easy way to challenge the orthodoxy of showing what we were, of showing what we were seeing every time that the scientists and astronauts go up to the space station. However, instead of the flat earth, or flat earth being at the center of the universe, a groundless universe, which is the earth theory, is being rebelled against by the people who push the flat earth theory as their ability to say to people that no, that we know the world around us better than you know it. And in this, we can see a bit of ourselves as conspiracy theorists. We do ask hard questions. We are not afraid to make bold assumptions, and ultimately, we have to face dogged resistance whenever we make one of our claims. Flat earthers do this every day, and they are convinced of their own righteousness. Flat earth is a reincarnation of an old ideal in a new body. Come back to remind the world that everything can and should be questioned, because people have a right to knowledge and to do things and see things as they wish. Our freedom of ideals is sacred, not only to just another conspiracy show, but to Western culture itself. If we are not continually questioning ourselves and examining what we are doing, we become stagnant and ossified. While you may not agree with flat earth or hollow earth theorists, it is important to give them their chance. They disbelieve in space exploration, claim it is a myth. However, after all these years, it can justifiably be said that such a hoax is well near impossible. To borrow an old quote, <laughs> It's, it, it, when you try to debunk space programs, we should always say, the people in power are not that smart, and we aren't that dumb. So, there's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy over those theories, but ultimately, it's very hard to disprove the space program in our modern age. But, let's, uh, let's say it was possible to use rockets on a flat Earth. 
Depending on the flat Earth's topography, it might even be possible to orbit satellites in the ether above our heads. That would require revision to science, and a significant one, but one that would have to be made. So, we want people to question everything, and if flat earthers want to believe what they do, they might even be able to point out holes in our present knowledge, things that we need to learn and question and understand. The same with hollow earthers. After all, the Ananerbi of Germany in World War I were included flat earth believers and hollow earth believers, and their scientists were highly sought after by the Allies on both sides, both the Soviet Union and the Allies, and they were brought over to help make groundbreaking discoveries. However, once again, that injection of poison brought in by the Ananerbi with their poisonous ideas came with a price. Their poison entered the west and the east's veins. So for that reason, we ask that we should all stand up for flat earthers and hollow earthers' right to be heard. If not for their sake, we ourselves might be under heavier scrutiny. And like I said, Ultimately, it does them no harm to believe in a flat earth. If they are still capable of getting up in the morning, going to work, and being functional, who is it for us to say that they are wrong? We can enter, t we can enter into debate with them, but it's not worth losing our cool and making a stand on a point that we're never going to win because each side is convinced that the other was wrong. Now, when we mention Stand Up, that of course is a theme song of this show, performed by Pipe Band. I highly recommend you check out the lyrical version of this song, because we use the instrumental as the introduction to just another conspiracy show. I also recommend you to check out A View From Space Facebook group, and also Spooky Weird and Cool Facebook group, both of whom have supported this show and are full of great ideas. If you enjoyed this show, remember the host has books available in the Amazon Kindle store. The Secrets of Solomon by Jeff Williams is an in-depth analysis of the life of the ancient king of Israel, and also Cemetery Island by Jeff Williams, a book about a young man who finds himself incarcerated in a mental institution only to discover the doctor's treatments are not meant to return him to health, but have a more sinister motive. There's another two books coming soon, definitely by the end of the year. Um, Blood, which is a Victorian thriller, let's call it that for now. And the other one, which will be Age of Ashes, will introduce a post-apocalyptic trilogy, which is at the point of editing right now. And if you choose to buy them, indeed, we do thank you for your support. But most of all, we wish to thank you for inviting just another conspiracy show into your home this evening.